28-5, third quarter. It's Cat King, call at the turn. Leading narrowly, class to the max is again drawing level. I am Sparta. He now produces deeper. Harley Blue going back to the inside. My ultimate Levi. Cat King Cole needs to dig deep. My ultimate Levi's bursting through. Down the outside, Harley Blue. My ultimate Levi hits the lead. My ultimate Levi takes it. It's an upset. My ultimate Levi. Certainly My ultimate was. Levi I think many expected Cat King Sparta. Cole would come out and dominate that race on Saturday night in the Group 1. Not the case. Chris Barsby is with us. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. I know she got taken on in the race, but was she disappointing at face value because the horse that took her on wasn't beaten far by Cat King Cole about a neck behind her? Well, exactly right, Steve. Uh, the first quarter was was vicious, 26-6, and that probably set it up for a few of these others in the field to, to get their opportunity, and they made the most of it, including the winner, my ultimate Levi. He was aided by a perfect drive there by Nathan Dawson. He had some dodging and weaving to do. He made the right decision by going to the pegs early, sitting in behind uh, Cat King Cole and then I Am Sparta, and then he just needed that little bit of luck, and uh, he got it over the concluding stages. But to answer your question... I think she was disappointing on face value. That that first quarter, as I said, told the story of the race and it brought a few others into the race, but on face value, disappointing Cat King Cole. Could she be better ridden with a sit-in future, however, Chris? Well, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I think many of these youngsters from Saturday night's race will probably go to the paddock. Cat King Cole definitely goes to the paddock. Now, look, she's had a wonderful season, no doubt about it. Won the Breeders' Classic. She won the Group 1 Triad. She was beaten there in that Group 1 feature there on Saturday night. So I think time away from the racetrack is going to be her best friend now. I think that'll just enable her to get a little bigger, a little stronger. And mentally, I think she'll mature a lot as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see how she comes back as a three-year-old, but we know she's got the speed, and that's going to be her biggest asset going forward. But yeah. we probably won't know the answer to that question until she returns next yeah, year. She just looks green, doesn't she, Chris? She wears the big nose roll and like she's got, what, pacifiers or something on her anyway. Uh, that's Cat King Cole. But our first guest this morning is ready to go. That's Lindsay Vag. Well, Lindsay was uh, a proud man on Saturday night for a number of reasons, but he was the breeder, along with his wife Mary, of the winner, my ultimate Levi. They've been involved in harness racing for a long, long time, heart and soul type people, and they put a lot in, and it would have been absolutely huge for them on Saturday night to see one of their progeny take that Group 1 race, and Lindsay's been kind enough to join us now. Lindsay, appreciate the time. Oh, thank you, Chris. How big a thrill was that for you guys on the weekend? A uh, uh, voice losing through. Uh, I still, still haven't got my voice back. So, <laughs> no, no, it was a big thrill. Am I, am I right in saying that's your third gold victory? And I'm, I'm thinking, I am Sam. He won a three-year-old final. You bred that big guy, uh, and then Pinup Boy was another winner of this race a few years ago. And now my ultimate Levi joins that list. So, three wins now in the gold. That's that, that's right. Uh, uh, t uh, two in the last four years. So uh, that's uh, very very pleasing. Absolutely, and not only with the winner there on Saturday night, you bred two of the ten finalists. So that's a huge effort in itself. Because Good Time Roy was also from your draft, what eighteen months ago, and he lined up in that Group One final. So that's a big effort. That, that that's right. That's right, uh, Chris. It's a. Uh, um, I, I think uh, we're seeing a change in in, uh, in harness racing in Queensland, and uh, there's a, a, a big interest in juvenile racing. And uh, with uh, the change in uh, the extended season, uh, the uh, Q breads, 
uh, a lot more people are, are interested in becoming involved. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, the, the, the QBread system, and give me your honest appraisal, is it the best in the country? It is, yes, there's no doubt about that. And to give you an idea, um, when uh, we sold that particular fellow, I think there was only 42 horses went to uh, the APG sale. Now, wow. uh, uh, talking to APG uh, just recently, and uh, it looks to be this coming season, that's 2022 in January, uh, we could have uh, around about 80 yearlings uh, that uh, will be the best that's probably ever been presented uh, in Queensland. Wow, OK. Now, now tell me, just speaking about the Australian pacing gold, recently we've seen this new company come on board, Nutrient Equine, they've had their big sale down south of the border. Was there any temptation or you, you were happy to stick solid with APG? Oh, I suppose, uh, Chris, uh, um, we've had quite a bit of success and in the last two years uh, we've topped the APG sale and uh, it, it's pretty hard to go past that. Obviously, pe people are appreciating what we're producing. And uh, so I think we've probably got to stick with what, uh, what we're doing uh, because it's succeeding. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, with my ultimate Levi, uh, he wasn't a cheap uh, yearling at the sales last year, 18 months ago. Just a, a tick over 40,000 he reached? That's right, yeah. Well, this, this is the good thing about the APG sale. If we look at the uh, the first three place getters, there was uh, my ultimate Levi uh, at 42 and a half. Uh, the next horse down was uh, I'm Spartica. Uh, I think he was purchased for 18. But the interesting thing was that the, the third horse uh, was purchased for, for uh, rock bottom price of, of four. So $4, it gives you a whole uh, category of horses that are available for, for the buyer. Yeah, no doubt about that. What were the expectations on sale day for my ultimate Levi, if you can remember back? What, what were you expecting? He, he was an exceptionally nice type of horse. And um, uh, well, I suppose uh, one of the things that we, we do when we go to the sales is that when we take a yearling to the sales, uh, we're not going to bring him home. We're, we're going to sell him. So uh, we try to meet the market and uh, we try to present as good a possible article as we possibly can. And he was uh, an exceptional type. We had quite a bit of uh, interest in him. And, uh, yeah, I felt that around about there was, was where he'd get to, yes. Okay. And Tumby Park, they're obviously uh, great supporters of both you and Mary because uh, they've been able to grab quite a few of your uh, lots uh, over the years as well. And uh, I think this is the second straight year that they've bought from this mayor. Uh, was it my Alderman Bonnie actually, the previous year, or our Alderman Bonnie? <laughs> uh, there, he had, uh, let's see, uh, uh, I think he called one Vicky. And then uh, uh, the next one was uh, was Bonnie, and uh, and then ultimately Levi. Okay, so he obviously uh, is a fan of your work. Uh, I think uh, if we can produce an article that that, that suits their their particular uh, racing plan, uh, 
uh, something that's well grown. We try and produce as precocious a two-year-old as possible because, you know, like the future in racing in Queensland is probably going to be in young horses. Like uh, this year, the, the, the stake for that particular race was uh, 100000 Next year, uh, the next sale, it's going to be possibly 150 plus. And the following year, you know, we we may see a, another rise. So uh, while that's happening, and with uh, the Qbreds, the extended season, it, it makes it very attractive for people to purchase or, or syndicate uh, uh, young horses. Absolutely. You and Mary are based up on the Darling Downs. How many mares in your collection? <laughs> uh, too many. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, I'm just going through uh, what we were joining this year, and uh, there's currently 14 there. Okay, so you breed them at your farm, but the, the mares are foaled down at Burwood. Am I right in saying that? Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're pretty lucky to be uh, close to... Uh, both uh, Burwood, uh, Egmont Park and Equifit. And uh, since Noel was quite happy staying up all night, uh, it's very, very easy to take uh, uh, a mare over and uh, a follow her down and then bring her, bring her home once that's happened. OK. That seems like the smart way to do it. <laughs> it is. It is. Noel was very, very good. Uh, at uh, falling down and uh, looking after uh, bears at falling, so uh, it's uh, it's an easy way. I take them over just before falling and pick them up uh, two or three days after falling, and uh, it seems to work quite well. Okay, so 14 on the books. Obviously, the passion is still very much there, and uh, you're keen to, to do it uh, year in year out, and you're you're looking for that champion. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, it, it's 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 always there, and and uh, our great passion is seeing people like uh, uh, Scott Whitten and, and and Ian Slater and and uh, people like that uh, achieve uh, what they set out to do when they buy our yearlings. And there's nothing uh, uh, more pleasing than to see something like uh, uh, that horse winning for Scott. And uh, yes, it's uh, it, it's a great pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think he can develop into a derby type next season as a three-year-old? Well, look, uh, uh, we, tr we try and make our yearlings uh, as, as uh, eligible for as things as, as possible. Uh, that fellow is also uh, Vic Bred, and, uh, you know, like he, he can still go down and race in the, uh, the Vic Bred two-year-old still to come. Uh, as well as Breeders' Crown and so on. So uh, we make them as, as eligible as possible. And he's a horse that's going to uh, improve uh, as a, uh, a three-year-old simply because he's, he's such a large lad. And uh, I think that, uh, yes, he, he, he can definitely only improve. OK. What's the best horse? Is it still I Am Sam? Does he still hold uh, the, the number one seat as far as the best horse that you and Mary have bred? Uh, uh, Chris, I, I, I suppose he, he was the one that got us hooked. So, you, you know, when you had that first horse that, that uh, uh, does really well, you know, we start out with, uh, with two mares and uh, that fellow uh, didn't sell at the APG sale. He failed to sell at $5,000 uh, odd dollars. 
uh, uh, simply because no one was interested in him. And uh, so we ended up having to keep him. Uh, but uh, he then went on to uh, to give us a, a lot of thrills in racing. So, yes, he's, he's probably our... Our, uh, our best horse as far as our memories go. Okay. And as far as the process is concerned of picking the stallion, it's not easy when you're going to the sales to sell and you're looking at a lot of these new stallions. So how big a process is that, choosing the right stallion that's going to be commercially viable? Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's looking at our buyers. Now, remembering that we're taking these yearlings to, to, to sell. So we're, we're projecting three years out uh, as to what is going to be in demand. Um, now, as, as we've seen uh, with the Qbreds, uh, cautious two-year-olds are, are going to be popular. So we need something that's going to get to the races at two and give their, the future buyer uh, a, a, a quick return. So the sort of stallions we look at uh, are stallions that uh, have performed particularly well at two. Um, and, and in this case, uh, this particular year, we're looking at horses uh, or sons, basically, of some beach somewhere. Uh, they're doing particularly well uh, this year in the United States. So we're putting more emphasis on, on that sort of breeding. Okay. Okay. So there's a fair bit of thought process then. Oh, well, matching, uh, it's, it's uh, as we see, temperament is very, very important. Uh, temperament and type. And, uh, you know, you're not only got to have performance, but you've got to have the horse to be able to, to, to handle uh, that sort of racing. So we look at the mare, we assess the mare, we assess the mare's type, size and so on and try and match her up with the best uh, possible result we can get. Okay. You enjoy doing it? Yes, yes. Yeah. That, that whole oh, process, I enjoy, though? I enjoy doing it. So, um, you know, we, uh, uh, I have a son-in-law that lives in the United States. Uh, he just recently went to uh, Hanover Shoes Farm and uh, and checked out uh, all the stallions and and uh, some of the uh, the yearlings there, and uh, he then <laughs> reports back and says, well, look, this is the horse you should be using, or this is the horses you should be using, uh, and uh, you know we then uh, look at the value for money uh, and what's likely to sell here. Okay, like anything, there's going to be hits and misses, no doubt. We try and keep the misses down to a <laughs> minimum. Uh, like we've got uh, ten going to the uh, to the next sale in January, and uh, I think uh, you'll find that the majority of those will, will probably hit uh, hit a marketplace. You know, they're, 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 there's a range. Like uh, the last two years, we've topped the market, and uh, and hopefully we'll have horses there that will get close to that again. But there'll also be horses that are in the, the middle and lower bracket as well. So it caters for all, uh, all markets, basically. OK. Great catching up this morning, Lindsay. Again, congratulations to both you and Mary for another Group 1 winner with my ultimate Levi taking the Albion Park Gold Final there on Saturday night. Here's hoping the Group 1 winners continue and at a rapid rate. OK, Chris. Thank you very much for that.
There's Lindsay Vag joining us. So the breeder of My Ultimate Levi, who won that Group 1 race. So we've spoken with the breeder. Let's talk about uh, the man that put the polish on My Ultimate Levi. He's about to join us now, Jared Elchin. What a, uh, what a season it's been for Jared Elchin. He's based down there in Sydney, but uh, there's some two-year-old firepower in his stable. There's no doubt about it. He joins us online now. Jared, appreciate the time. Congratulations. No worries, Chris. Yeah, thanks. It was a real thrill. You're now starting to get that reputation of being the king of the kids. Oh, I don't know about that. We've, uh, we've had a lot of bad years um, with the babies, and I guess if you keep persevering with them, it's the tide's it's going to change, you know, so um, it, it looks like it's changing now and probably buying better stock and breeding a bit better and um, it's all starting to show now. Do you pinch yourself at the moment, given that you've got the likes of My Ultimate Levi, a Group 1 winner, My Ultimate Byron, My Ultimate Baxter, the list is starting to, to continue to grow and there's a few others there that I could throw in as well, but the talent right now is an all-time high for you, isn't it? Yeah, we've got a great bunch of babies. Um, like, when they were working up, you, you're thinking, I've either got a lot of horses here that are no good or I've got a real good team this year because they all sort of worked up about the same. And I was thinking, I hope it's the latter, you know, because um, they all the whole way through they all done what I wanted. And, um, yeah, so... And then a couple of, like, my ultimate Baxter, uh, my ultimate Billy and our ultimate Lizzie, they come over from New Zealand and race. And they joined the team and, um, like, they just slotted in and were as good as the rest of them. So I was sort of, I was thinking, I just can't believe how, how good a bunch we've got this year. But, um, yeah, it's good. Tell me, with Saturday night's race, my ultimate Levi, when he crossed the line, was it a sense of shock or what were you feeling when he crossed the line first on the weekend? Well, I didn't know because I was out on the track. I was just driving <laughs> tough one after Ricky, so... Um, I was actually sur at the 2300 metre starts up the back straight at Menango and I was circling around and I kept hearing his name as a loudspeaker but it was very faint and I said to David Aiken, I said, I keep hearing this horse's name, I hope he won. I said, but I'm tipping he ran a place and they're just going through the placings. Anyway, um, yeah, so when I come off the track, um, Ricky's foreman, Ricky Hunt, he was standing on the side and I said, did we win? He said, yep. I was like, beauty. So um, it was a shock when he first told me he won and um, then when I watched the replay, it was just a brilliant drive and um, everything sort of turned out for the best. Did you give yourself a chance, though, going into that final? Because he ran second behind Cat King Cole and many thought he got probably a little too close in that race, depending on who you, who you spoke with, but his run was really good in the heat. So did you give yourself any sort of hope of knocking off the favourite? The ability he's got has never been the issue. It's always been his manners. Um, he's a very hot horse. He gets very anxious, um, and he has from day one. Um, like Ricky broke him in, and um, he, he was the whole the same the whole way through. And um, in the heat, uh, in the triad final, Anthony Butt drove him, and he gave us some really good feedback about him. And so we changed a little bit of gear on him, and. Um, and then he got a little bit too keen in that heat. Um, like he near climbed in the cart at about the 200 and sort of um, we, we went back to the drawing board after that. And um, Anthony Deep, um, my, my travelling foreman, he, he said after he worked him during the week, he said, this horse will win. He said he's immoral. 
And I said, you're kidding yourself. I said, don't don't be stupid. And he goes, I'm telling you, he said he's just so relaxed this week. It's the most relaxed he's ever been. He said, I, I hope it's a good thing. Anyway, he didn't. He, he said he didn't sweat up on the way to the races and he was just so calm the other night. And I think that's the difference between him going to make a nice horse and will be his uh, unbringing. Okay, so as you outlined, the ability's always been there and it's just about sorting him out and getting him uh, uh, rigged up right. And obviously, you've got that right now. So is that the end of the season for him? We just spoke with Lindsay Vang and he said that he's Vic Bred eligible, Breeders' Crown eligible. So do you keep going or is that the end of the season for him? Um, I, I think we're going to shut him down. He's, he's at Tumby Park now. Um, he'll have a couple of weeks off there. Uh, with my ultimate Baxter, because he's definitely Breeders' Crown. Um, so we're going to bring him back here in two weeks and have a look at him. Um, and then I'll either start working him again or he, he'll go out for the rest of the season. I'll have a look at him in two weeks when he comes back on the transport. Um, and then we'll make your mind up after that. OK. Who is the number one youngster in your stable? I'm sure you've been asked this many, many times, <laughs> in particular over the last 48 hours. But... Is my Alderman Byron still the number one? Well, he's got the writing on the wall, so um, I'd have to say he's number one. Um, he, he's a bit of a funny horse because, like, he's nearly ready to go now and you're working him and you just he doesn't give you the feel of a good horse. Um, he's just he, he's not a good track worker and that's like I've said in interviews in the past, like, I didn't know he was... I always liked him, he gives you a good feel, but... I never knew he was any good until we um, sent him to the trials, and he's sort of like that now. He just does what he has to. Um, but Cameron Hart came out and sat on him the other day, and we worked five of them together, and uh, he, he just went straight on by, and, and like he just thought it was a race because we're working five together, you know. But you put one or two or three even together, he doesn't care too much. So I'd have to say Byron is the best one, um, but I think Baxter is closing the gap. Um, I've got a lot of time for him. Um, I, he's definitely closing the gap, but I, I, he's not quite there yet, I wouldn't think. He just needs to probably mature a little bit more. And the horse I got in today, oh, I think next season, he, he might even be the best of them. He, he's a bit behind the eight ball. He had some um, some injuries early on and he's missed a fair bit of, of work and sort of stepped him up a bit. Is my ultimate Ronnie. Um, He's a very heavy horse and he's very immature, but I think um, like this time next year, it wouldn't surprise me if he's every bit as good as him. OK, so we'll keep an eye out on him today and we'll keep following him moving forward. Just with, uh, with Baxter, he's the story of the year for me because um, when you sort of dig down into the story around this guy... He was basically just a, a cast-off in New Zealand and what you've been able to do with him is nothing short of sensational. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't say a complete cast-off. Like, they they didn't um, hate him, so to speak, or um, but he... Well, when he come over, he there was five sweet loos. Um, Tumby Park owned in New Zealand and Gavin Smith had all five of them and um, he was the bottom, bottom one, so... Scott said, maybe just send him over to Jared and if we don't like him, he's a beautiful looking horse, he'll make a good riding horse, you know, and um, yeah, he come over and the first day I put the bridle on him, I loved him, like I just, I said, I can't believe he's the bottom, the rest must be machines. Um, <laughs> anyway, he just, and then the other two come over and one's my ultimate Billy, he's had two starts for two wins 
and one of the other ones is our ultimate Lizzie. She's had two starts for a first and a second. And the other two, one's my ultimate Chevron. He's still in New Zealand. He raced in the size final. He won a, he won a size heat over there. And the other one's unraced. It's just about getting ready to race, and they really like him. So you wouldn't have thought you'd get five sweet lose and all really nice horses. So maybe he was at the bottom of the list, but um, the others are really nice horses as well. But I think he's just, um, whatever we do here, he's just, he's liked um, what we the assistance we got in place here at my stable and you've just gone from strength to strength and I think the two trips away um, to to Queensland have really um, brought him on and I think down the track that'll be the making of him then two trips away. For those that are listening this morning, you've got a, a real widespread mix of, uh, you know, uh, stallions represented in your stable. I, is there one that you like above all others or you like working through them? You, you've mentioned Sweet Lou, uh, Levi's a betting line, uh, Byron's a sunbeach somewhere. I, I, is there a stallion that you sort of, you know, gravitate to or you're happy just to sort of get what you're given? Just happy to get what I'm given, really. Um... I, I, I like the better's delights, which you can't go wrong there, you know. <laughs> Everyone's the same. They like the better's delights, but they've just got the best attitude to work with around the stable. And, like, they can be frustrating at times because they, sh- I reckon nearly all of them shy really bad and they're not good track workers. So, um, like, a little horse that I got there, my ultimate star, like, he done a terrific job up in Queensland as well while we're up there. And, like, I've, I've got yearlings that could nearly beat him in track work. You know, he's just hopeless in track work and we thought he was no good and we thought we'd just give him a trial to see if it sparked him on and then he, he's come out and he's won about 115,000, you know. So I think the better's the lights. You just, because they're such laid-back characters, they go to the races and they know it's race day. But, um, like, I've got a fair few sweet lose now and I know a lot of people were off them early on. No one really... they they first couple of seasons probably weren't that good but I think a lot of people jumped off him too early um, I was talking to Darren Binskin and he had a theory about um, Sweet Lou whether it was right or wrong but it and he said just everyone should get back on the on the bandwagon now and I think I've got three Sweet Lou two-year-olds and I like them all and I've got another couple of Sweet Lou yearlings that they're probably so far the pick of my yearlings at the moment um, so I've had so many phone calls probably in the last two to three weeks from breeders asking what I think of Sweet Lou's because I have got a few that go all right and whether they should send their mares to him and said, well, I'm not going to turn you off because I love them. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And just uh, in wrapping up, uh, with Levi winning on, on Saturday night, was that your third Group 1 win as a trainer? As a trainer, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I've drove, I drove one... Um, uh, for David Kennedy in the New South Wales Oaks. So, um, yeah, that that was my first one. And then I trained and drove uh, Bacardi Hurricane to win a um, Need for Speed. And then the two this year, um, yeah, my ultimate Byron and uh, my ultimate Levi. So, right. And really, the, the season's only just getting started. So with a bit of luck and a few yeah. good barrier draws, we hopefully can pick up another one but we don't want to be greedy I'm happy with the two we've got well it's a good point you raised though because uh, you've got a lot to look forward to you've got the breeders challenge you've got Vic bred eligible youngsters you've got the the breeders crown so it's going to be a busy time uh, you know like you're far from finished with this season uh, there's still a lot to come in the next couple of months 
Yeah, it is. It's um, going to be an exciting few months. The weather's starting to warm up a bit and they're all going to start to come back. You know, like Byron's, they've still got to improve. Like, I think it's a really, really strong bunch of two-year-old Colts this year in New South Wales. Um, so he's, he's going to have to step up and improve. But I think what he's done so far, he's sort of the benchmark. But in saying that, if he doesn't improve and the others have, well, he'll get left behind. Yeah, well, we'll watch with interest, no doubt about it. Again, though, congratulations. Uh, great result there on Saturday night with my ultimate Levi taking out the Albion Park Gold final. Job well done. Thanks, mate. Now, just lastly, I'd like to thank um, Anthony Deep. Um, because of COVID, I haven't been able to get up there this year, and um, my wife, Steph, we had a new baby, so it was tough down here, and I couldn't make it up at all this year. So the job that he's done is just unbelievable, like, um, all the drivers that drove my horses up there, they all said how yeah, good a job Deepy done and um, he couldn't have had him presented any better and um, the, the results showed, you know, like all our horses were competitive and, um, yeah, he, he, he's a great mate and he's he done a terrific job. He's a keeper and he sounds like he might be the stable star. Yeah, well, he's been a revolution. Mm, <laughs> what we need to do is put a speaker inside the track so you can hear the race at Albion Park. Yeah, that's exactly right. They said he was, uh, he was fairly boisterous. <laughs> uh, great stuff, Jared. Well done, and we'll be t in touch soon. No worries. Thanks for your time. See you, mate. That'd be hard, Chris, wouldn't it? Uh, you're prepared to drive. You're on the track, and you, you want to hear you've got a horse in a Group 1 race, and you keep hearing its name, but yeah, it'd be a bit difficult, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely. Mm. You'd be you'd be quite anxious out there because be. he was driving Tough Monarch, a, a last-star Group 1 winner himself and one of the best trotters in the country for your brother, and you've got your own horse uh, in a Group 1 race, so you'd be a little bit... Uh, Preoccupied, maybe, is the right word, because you'd be thinking on the task at hand, driving this trotter, but you'd be also very mindful of what what you've got uh, up in another uh, in a in another state. Mm, so, you, you reckon we'd be in front of who putting ten dollars on racetrack Ralphie selections from when he started? I reckon we might be. I reckon we would be. He's online. Yeah. Ralphie, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. Give it to us straight. What's the best bet today at Albion Park? Best bet today, race three, number one, Sugar and Spice. It's a former Kiwi trotter who's come across the ditch with some very tidy credentials. That included a victory at uh, Addington four starts back. The mayor's got into the uh, stables at Turpin McMullen, so uh, it's in really good hands. And she looked really good in a trial last week at the Albion Park. And the best thing about that was the way she got away at the start. She was away very quickly. Now, Sugar and Spice is the only runner off the front line today, so I'm expecting an all-the-way win first up. So get on with race three, number one, Sugar and Spice. OK, so race three, number one, the Kiwi Trotter, Sugar and Spice to take us all the way, hopefully, in race three, number one. Steve just posed the question, if we've uh, had a couple of dollars on uh, your selections week in, week out since you've been on air, would we be in front? Oh, yeah. We had that really good start. We got the first four in a row, and then we, we hit a bit of a wall. We, we ran a few placings. I don't think we've really had one that's missed a place. Um, and, we yeah, I think we'd be in front. Just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't say no. Nah, just like all tipsters, we all win. <laughs> it's not good for business. <laughs> Thanks for joining us.